You're listening to WGSR, bringing hope and comfort to the world, 24 hours a day. This is a free download, straight to your MP3 player, streaming 24-7, internet radio. God's Noise Radio, a podcast to hear your soul, bringing you hope and comfort. And welcome to God Stories Radio. I'm Trish. Shh, shh. You hear that? No Fritz. No Mikey. I'm alone. So I'm so glad you've tuned in today. We actually had this testimony done last night and we had an introduction with the three of us. But as it happens, we had technical difficulties with equipment, so it didn't all get recorded. But Thankfully, what's important are guests with a testimony that was salvaged. So, yay, God. But before we get to the testimony, I wanted to give some shout outs. First, to a listener in the Philippines, thanks for joining God Stories Radio. Dr. Rodolfo Rojas, an amazing doctor out in Riverside, California. He's a new like on Facebook. He contacted us and he has an amazing testimony, and we hope that he'll share it with us soon. Kenny Berkey in Wichita, Kansas. Thanks for listening. My mop's mama friend, Abby Hedsey with the boys. You know, while she was pregnant, she actually had a dream that she was pregnant with twins. And she woke up and she told her husband, I just had the craziest dream. We went for the sonogram and there were two babies. We had twins. And later that same day, she went in for her sonogram. And guess what? Her hubby almost hit the floor they said, uh, there's one and there's two. You're pregnant with twins. So it's like God revealed it to her and prepared her ahead of time. God's good, right? It's always that way. You think you can handle something and then he shows up and tells you, I've prepared you. You know, you are a part of God's Stories Radio. Without your testimonies, we wouldn't exist. And we couldn't share the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ to 51 countries around the world. We bring hope, comfort, and encouragement through the power of the Christian testimony, but we need you as much as you need us. If you have a testimony, even if it's maybe just something that you're worried about in your daily life and you saw, felt, and knew that God showed up, please send us your testimony. You can go ahead and send it to godstoriesradio at gmail.com. Tell us your story and and let us know that we can use it on the show. And uh, if you want to keep it anonymous, we can do that too. It's That's just fine. Just let us know. It's all about him, right? If you feel led to give your testimony over the phone, we can do that too. Or if you're ever in the rolling hills of Claremont, Florida, you can drop by the studio and give us your testimony in person. We want to hear from you. Like us on Facebook at God Stories Radio and follow us on Twitter at God Stories Radio. You know, Last time, Mikey had a challenge for you, and uh, we're up to 27 follows at this point. You don't want to miss another session of God Stories Radio, and you don't have to do that. You can tune in to iHeartRadio, and they'll help you out. You go on to iHeartRadio, and you click on the follow button, and every time that we air a new session, you'll get a notification. How cool is that? I have to say, I'm super excited about our testimony tonight. I love how God is just bringing these testimonies to Fritz, Mike, and I, even through our everyday walk in life. 
I was contacted through a website to do some production and uh, an introduction for the Dustin Daniels show. And I thought, hmm, Dustin Daniels show. Let me see what this Dustin Daniels show is all about before I lend my voice to it. And uh, so I Googled it. And lo and behold, it's the purity pastor from Phoenix, Pastor Dustin. And uh, he shared his testimony online. And I thought, wow, we need to get him on God Stories Radio. You know, he is one of these guys that uh, for Christians, it's it's like the elephant in the room. It's a three letter word that we just don't like to talk about, but it's everywhere and we can't avoid it. It can be a beautiful thing when it's experienced the way God intended it. S-E-X. Sex. Yeah, now I got your attention. <laughs> First, let me thank you, Pastor Dustin, for allowing us to share your testimony. Not Everybody says yes. So thank you for that. So without further ado, I give you Phoenix's Pastor Dustin Daniels of the Dustin Daniels Show. Thank you, Pastor Dustin. I mean, we're, as the church, we are in a pandemic of this stuff. Um, and I, I really, in the next three to five years, the church has this wonderful opportunity to really preach the gospel when it comes to purity and marriage. And I really, really see um, an opportunity for local pastors and local churches to preach what sex is all about. I mean, we're, we're fascinated by sex as a culture, and we are church, but church we don't talk about it. But as a culture and the television, we're just addicted to this stuff all the time. But what what we want to do, I would suggest, is if we're really going to talk about sex, then let's really talk about it. Let's not just talk about the surface level stuff. Let's just not talk about the the, um, the physical stuff. Let's talk about the emotional and the spiritual stuff as well. Well, tell us about your personal experience. What brought you to this? What brought me to the ministry itself? Mm-hmm. You know, when I was... I'll just tell you a little bit about my, my testimony, kind of growing up. I, I remember, this is so funny, I remember my grandmother asking me when I was a little child, I, I don't know if it was Christmas time or what, but she asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I told her, well, I either want to be one of two things. I either want to be a, a radio disc jockey or I want to be a priest. And she wow. completely ignored the disc jockey thing. You know, she went straight for the priest, and she she was like, "Oh, it would be so so nice to have a priest in the family." And, you know, I, I don't really remember how old I was. I'm guessing I was probably five or six years old at the time, um, because I, I don't I don't remember my dad being there. And um, so my brother and I, we were just weekend warriors. We saw him um, every other weekend. And my brother always got along with my dad. And me, I really didn't. And really, to my own shame, I really never got to know him. I mean, I, I loved him, but I really, there was just something I, I didn't really like him. And I never really understood why he had a, a beer in one hand and, and why women were always on his mind until it was too late and he passed away. Um. My mom, she remarried several years ago to, to who I would now consider kind of the, the best father figure I ever had. This guy, man, he was tall and he was handsome and he was strong. He 
he grew up on a farm. He had a great work ethic. Um, and he had, <laughs> he had morals and he had rules. And let me tell you, this guy was not afraid to enforce them either. Um, but he loved Jesus. I mean, for the first time in my life, he, I had this, this great role model of, of someone who loved Jesus, this big, strong man. He actually took the time to read the Bible to, to my mom, my brother, and I. But for whatever reason, as soon as, as they got married, he was diagnosed with cancer. And he died within months. It was the craziest thing. It was just nuts. Um, I've never seen anything or heard of any kind of cancer really moving that quickly. And, you know, as a child, I was probably 10 or 11 years old. It seemed like the only man that I ever respected as a father figure, he was gone. And, and he was gone so quickly. So, um, you know, my mom tried her very best to raise my brother and I. A few years later, uh, she married she remarried again, and, and this guy, and this time she, she married this guy named Tom. And um, you uh, don't even like his know, name. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did you hear his voice drop about ten decibels when he said this that? Guy, this guy, Tom. Tom. Yeah. Oh, man, I tell you, that's that's funny, guys. But I just, you know, it's this guy had no idea what he was getting himself into. He just had no idea. Uh, taking on two-step children. Um, but here's what, one thing that he really did. That one of the best things he ever did for my brother and I, and this sounds really strange, but he taught us how to water ski. And we became, so we became good at it. We went to tournaments. It, it like turned into this big family thing. Um, but... As we were getting older, we were turning into teenagers, um, Tom couldn't really hide his facade anymore. He, he just really began drinking and using drugs. Um, and then uh, several years after the marriage, it, that ends in another statistic. So, And here's the, the weird thing. Last, last I heard about Tom, he was actually in jail for sending drugs through the mail which is really ironic seeing that he worked for the United States Postal Service. Wow. <laughs> you would think, think he would have read that somewhere, but that's really something to do. Wow. Um, but during this time, my brother and I, we were, we were going to Catholic school. I was, a, I was a good kid as far as my mom knew, but I was partier, uh, you know, from all the drinking and the drugs and the sex. And I was an altar boy. You know, I, she thought I was a pretty good kid. Um, the ironic thing is I, I knew how to, how to help the priest facilitate mass, but I really didn't know that Jesus, it was being facilitated for. Um, so I went through high school, received a, a water ski scholarship, believe it or not, to the University of Louisiana. They have those? And look, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I went to to college on a water ski scholarship. I, I know it's the craziest thing. Not many people know that that's even possible. But, um, yeah, I squeezed a four-year degree in five and a half years. So I was I was busy um, skiing instead of studying, that's for sure. Just, just to redeem um, Tom, Tom had a purpose for you because he helped you with your water skiing and got you your scholarship. Yes, God works all you know things what? for the good. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
that's true. I, I never thought about that, but you're absolutely right. Um, and that was a great that was a great time in my life. It was really fun. In college, I met a girl as well. Um, got married when I was 22 years old, and and after graduation, I started started my professional career as a radio personality. Did the the rock and roll thing, and that was really fun for a couple of years. But it didn't pay much. It, it, uh, it's really kind of hard to, to pay rent with Van Halen CDs and, and T-shirts that I stole from the prize closet, but it was a good time. <laughs> I have a radio background, too, so I'm just laughing throughout Yeah, this. we're right there with you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's hilarious. But it was fun. I mean, it, small market radio is, is a good time. Um, during that time, we were, we were attending a, a Methodist church, and we were involved— uh, with Bible studies and volunteer work. And this is the weirdest thing. For whatever reason, I felt like I needed to go talk to the minister because I wanted to to be a minister like him. For whatever reason, at that time, I thought, you know what, I think I, think I need to talk to somebody about this minister thing, about this pastor thing. And I didn't even tell my wife at the time what I had done. And she looked at me like I was crazy. She said that, she wasn't sure if she was willing to, to live that lifestyle. Wow. Uh, because or, anybody that doesn't matter. know, the radio lifestyle is you are living out of your car half the time, praying to God that the program director doesn't let you go. So that that would be amazing that a, she wouldn't want to be a pastor's wife, but she would want to be a radio wife. That's interesting. Yeah, well, I, you, know, you know, Trisha, I, I think it goes back to me thinking that I was a Christian at that time because I, I clearly was not. Um, and uh, you know, I think if she would look in the rear view mirror of her life too, it's, it's easier to, to look at, wow, kind of the rock and roll radio lifestyle versus the completely opposite end of, of being a pastor's wife. And they are complete uh, opposites. I know exactly what oh, you're saying. Oh, is that crazy? The partying and the, yeah, there's a lot of craziness in the radio, in the radio industry. So, yeah, how those would mesh, I don't, I, I see what you're saying. <laughs> but it was interesting that the Lord put that on my heart in my early 20s to do that as well, along with being a little boy. And, um, and that's part of this amazing story is that, once again, he impressed that on me. Um, so about that time, I, I was probably around 24 years old and I started a, a audio video production company and marketing firm. And as a 24 year old, you can imagine with the business expertise that I never had, I, I, I run both of those companies into the ground, um, I claim chapter seven bankruptcy. I have to go into the corporate world. I'm about 28 at this time, and I am so restless. I am so bored with life. A buddy of mine, he asked me, he said, you know what? I know you like motorcycles. Let's start racing motorcycles. Not grew up on bikes. Um, so we got a team of us put together, and this was what we call road racing. So it's the like the cross. So, and... Um, you we get paid to do that? Few, well, we were, we were, we had a few sponsors, but it was definitely a hobby. Okay. 
so it was really, it was really, really fun. We traveled around the country doing that uh, on the RP circuit, and believe it or not, we actually won the nationals in our in our last year of racing. And this is where the time really where the my world started from crashing down around me mm. because I was severely depressed. I mean, I had my best friend in the world at the time on the team, but I talked to it. Nobody knew what was going on in my life. And and then if you would have asked me if I was a Christian, I would have said yes. I mean, I thought so. After all, I, I mean, I went to church. I went to confession. I served as an altar boy. I went to Catholic school. But guys, I wasn't acting like a Christian. You were I, I just religious. And, you were religious. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. And it was... It was during this time that my dirty little secret with pornography had been exposed, and I was I was already a, a very very confused little boy when it came to sex, because when I was when I was a little boy, a sitter sexually abused me when I was very young, and then I saw my first pornography magazine around the age of seven or or eight at my dad's house when I, when we were visiting him every other weekend. So I became instantly fascinated and really even more confused as to what I saw. So what I started to do is I started stealing the magazines from my dad's house and I took them home so I could look at them every single night. And then, I mean, it took 20 years. It took 20 years of doing this thing over and over and over again, looking at pornography, doing everything that goes with it. But all of my fantasies started to become real. I, I had an emotional affair with someone at work, and then that led to adultery with several different women. And then one day I just decided, you know what? I'm not happy in marriage. I'm just going to pack up, and I'm going to leave my wife one weekend. And I didn't give her an explanation. I didn't give her an apology. I just left her, and I, I filed for divorce. And, you know, I'm, I'm now in my late 20s, and my life is just completely out of control. My depression uh, was so bad, it kept me from holding any kind of job. I actually had nine different jobs in eight months. I got fired every other month because I, I didn't know how to work. I couldn't stay awake. Um, all I wanted to do was sleep. And then... One of the one of the women that I was committing adultery with, she actually left her husband and her two children to come live with me. And I thought to myself, Wow, man, this woman, she left her family for me. So I should probably do the right thing, right? I should probably marry this woman. Make her your wife. I had that and, feeling. <laughs> And, you know, and this is, this is one thing about sin, especially sexual sin. Sin makes you extremely stupid. I mean, that's, that's one of the dumbest things I have ever done. And, and the reality is that I, I really, I didn't even like her. I, I, I mean, I didn't, I, I thought I knew what love was, but to me, I mean, think about this. 20 years of looking at magazines and this false 
reality and this fantasy of what women are. And at this time in my life, I didn't really like this woman. I thought I did, but the, the truth of the whole thing is I only liked she could do for me. Right. Because our our relationship was solely built on sex. And then you had the I obligation mean, was, of, because she left her family, so you had that obligation that you felt towards her too that was enough to just drive it home. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I was like, oh, I got to be a stand-up guy here. I can't just, I just can't leave even though I can't stand this woman and my life is, is horrible and, you know, my, I can't keep a job and I'm completely broke and, and all I can think about at this point is, is either suicide or sex. I mean, my depression, if, if there's looking at pornography as habitual sin for an extended period of time will always lead you to depression and just will because, because pornography is not a real relationship and we flourish in real authentic relationships. Pornography isolates you and that's what sexual sin does. So I'm telling you, man, my, my depression got worse. I didn't want to stay awake. I, I physically, I couldn't stay awake at times. I mean, I would literally sleep 12 to 14 hours a day. And most of the jobs that I had during that time, I had the flexibility um, coming home for lunch because they were sales jobs. And a lot of times I would just go home for lunch and sleep the rest of the day. And then there was this one day, one afternoon, man, I woke up from one of my many, many naps. I was good at that. And then I just realized how pathetic my life had become. I, I decided that this day was going to be the day that I killed myself. And I knew where the gun was. We had a gun. I knew where it was. But the moment I thought that part, I hear this, this voice in my head, not an audible voice, but this thought, it goes through my mind. And, and he said this, he said, so let me get this straight. You're going to carry on the family tradition of being a coward because your grandfather shot himself and your father drank himself to death. And now, and now it's your turn. And I thought, wow, that's kind of a crazy question. I mean, why would that run through my mind? Yeah, who said that? Where did that come from? I hear you. Where did that? Yeah, I mean, just the, I, I've never experienced anything like that before. So obviously, I got up and I didn't kill myself. So I, I went back to work and I was completely oblivious to who even asked it. And that marriage lasted less than five months. And it ended with, with her physically assaulting me. She hit me in the face, and then she went to to um, she spent the weekend in jail. So once again, you just see this this habitual sin grasping every element of every relationship and just going deeper and deeper into the sin itself. So here I am, I'm I'm divorced for the second time, and I'm thirty years old. And I'm like, okay, I think it's time that I really kind of evaluate my life here because 
ah, this is a train wreck, man. So I started to speak, speak God, you know, go figure. I was 31 years old and uh, I, I'm amazed as I look over my shoulder, I'm amazed that, that God at this point in my life gave me uh, a truly amazing job. I, I was in Austin, Texas during that time, and he moved me to Houston. And I was I was searching for God, if that's what you want to call it. Um, I was going to church. I was getting involved in singles classes. I was I was looking for a, a good Christian girl because you know I thought I was a Christian, but I I, I went on a date, and I had no business I had no business dating because I was. I was such a, a confused and insecure little boy at, at 31 years old, but I went on a date, went uh, on a date to a Christian rock concert and to her place. And we did something we weren't supposed to do. And then old habits die hard and we slept together. And the next day I, I just felt this heaviness that I couldn't shake. I mean, after we did that, something was very, very wrong all day. And it was, it was like something was physically weighing me down. It was the weirdest thing. It was like something or someone was pushing my shoulders to the ground. And it was late afternoon, and I, I got back from running some errands. And as I, as I walked into my small one-bedroom apartment in Houston, Texas, I walk in, I shut the door, and I just fell to the floor. I dropped my stuff, and I start crying. And I, I couldn't take this heaviness anymore. And I, I fell to the ground and I heard someone say, give it to me. And, and for, I, I don't know how I knew that the it that he was referring to was my life. I just knew. I just knew that, that God wanted my life. And I cried out through my tears and I scream. I'm screaming. You can take it, man. I hate my life. I hate it. And I, I don't know how long I laid on the floor. I cried that day, and I cried, but I fell asleep on the floor. And I, I don't know if it was like for, for 10 minutes or two hours, but when I woke up, I went straight to bed, and I slept through the afternoon all night, and then I woke up in the morning in time to go to work. And that's on Mother's Day of 2004. And that was, that was the day that my life, change forever. It was actually Mother's Day. And I, I tell you guys, I I met the Lord Jesus Christ that day and he alone forgave me for my sins. He he redeemed my life of my many addictions, including pornography. And within several weeks, my eyes were so open to my lifestyle. I mean just my pagan lifestyle from the TV shows that I watched, the music that I listened to, um, all the way to you know, my filthy mouth. Oh my gosh, I had the, the worst mouth and, and the hundreds and hundreds of lies that I told and I believed. Um, and then it was July of 2005, a year or so later, um, Almighty God in His grace and His mercy he gave me another gift. Like that wasn't good enough that he saved me from myself. He saved me from his wrath and he's given me the Holy Spirit. Like that's not good enough. He gives me a godly, beautiful woman 
named Amy. And we have now been married going on 11 years. And he is teaching me what true love and intimacy are through her. And it is the most amazing journey. Um, in 2007, I started seminary studies. In 2009, that's when I started Seven Places. Um, and it's it's just been an, an amazing journey. Like God, I mean, God is a God of redemption. And for him to take this screwed up life, you know, the first basically 30 years of my life, just running from him and trying to do things my own way and, and, and taking advantage of everyone in relationships. And it was all about me, myself, and I, and for him to come one day and go, you're mine. It just, it just blows me away. So that's, that's my story. I'm, 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 um, you stick, you're sticking to it. <laughs> That's right. I'm sticking to it, man. I, I will. I will tell that story um, as long as I live to glorify my Savior. I really will. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, Father knew that too. He knew that. He knew that you would do that. I think, and that's why he allowed you to experience those things and write that story within you. And and um, now you just got to herald the message. And man, we're so glad that you came on and uh, Absolutely. did it through God Stories Radio and, and uh, told over 51 countries your story. So uh, man, we are blessed to have you. And, and uh, Mike and I were making eye contact as you were telling your story because we can really relate to um, the part about the gun anyway. You know, uh, we, uh, we call it being tired. Mm-hmm. And we were just just tired and a strange thing happened to Mikey too. He was, he had gone home to, to kill to, himself I went back and, to the uh, office to uh, take care of that uh, issue. And then all of a sudden a voice in my head says, why don't you check your email? Yeah. Right. Why don't you check your email? Here I am trying to figure out how to take, uh, to end my life. And then all of a sudden I get that. Why don't you check your email? <laughs> I love it. So it's no stranger that You've you hear the mail. voice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> My goodness. But tell oh, man, you, God's good. What was the message in the mail? Well, I went to the email and it was the very first one. I got there at only probably no more than an hour before I got back to the office. And it was a, a email that was forwarded from the woman at only office. Her brother forwarded it to her and then she forwarded it to me. And it was about a book by Oz Hillman called the upside to adversity. And, um, I was able to read the first chapter on that website and it took me about two weeks to save the money, the 20 bucks to order the book. And that uh, basically, as I call it, saved my life both physically and spiritually. Amen. I, I, I love the sense of humor that God has. Absolutely. You know, you're getting, you're getting ready to do something like that. He's like, Hey, 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 check your email, bro. I got something for you. I love that. I, I think, as, as Christians, we we don't know how to laugh and see the, the comedy or, or just realize the sense of humor that God has, that he would love us and love you so much um, for something that we check email a gazillion times a day and he's going to he's going to speak to you in that in that media. That oh, is awesome. And he did. Yeah, he'll that. reach out to you and speak your language. Oh, you betcha. 
Absolutely. You betcha. And, and that book was instrumental in, in saving my life as well because he put me in touch with Mikey on the night I was, I was there. You were tired. Yeah, I was tired. He was and, tired, uh, and he showed up and wandered wandered into a church I'd never been before, and upstairs to a meeting I didn't know what I was walking in, and there's Mikey greeting at the door that I never did before. That he never did before. You know, so I love it. God's amazing. And he said, "I'm tired," and Mike knew exactly what oh, he meant. When anybody's <laughs> eyes got as big as quarters, yeah. man. And when he said, I, whenever I hear here. anybody say that, I it, my eyes, like you said, get to the size of quarters because I know what they mean. Mm-hmm. Well, Pastor Dustin, Absolutely. we're king of the shameless plugs here on God Stories Radio, so we want you to plug your ministry and your let, show, your show, and and let people know how they can get in touch with you and listen to your show and just take it away. Well, well, thank you guys. It's 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 been a lot of fun. I love sharing the, the story of of redemption, and and it's just amazing to me that God would even like the psalmist writes that He would even look our way. Um, but if you want to learn more about the, the ministry of Seven Places, you can visit sevenplaces.org. And then the radio show is just my name. It's the Dustin Daniels Radio Show. You can jump on the website. You can listen to uh, the podcast there. You can uh, download the iTunes uh, or via iTunes. And, and really the ministry is, is centered around purity. And it's this idea that we are going to teach and we're going to train, and we are going to preach and proclaim Christ-centered purity, especially in a country like ours right now when we need it the most. Because at the end of the day, this our country, we're, we're, not, you know, we're not realizing what's going on to create laws to continue in our sin. And as the church... We're, we're getting ready to see the glory of Almighty God when it comes to this thing called sexual purity. And um, if, if we can help you in any way, get on the website, um, send us an email, listen to the radio shows, and, um, and God, God speaks through uh, the very media uh, that, that I used to act out and sin upon. And you I betcha. Again, that's you betcha. I got, a, I got a question for you. I know this has gone a little long, but um, what do you think about, as a Christian, I have a lot of confusion about homosexuality. I know that's a whole long topic, but there's churches that actually have, I, I ran into an opinion that I didn't agree with and, I looked the person's name up and I looked up that she was married and had a wife and she was a reverend. And, and I'm like, I'm, it's so confusing this day and age to, you know, because someone calls themselves a Christian, you think they're a Christian and they're living a certain way. And, you know, what, what can you shed light on about homosexuality and where the church stands and, you know, how, how to get around that Hmm. without, I I always say, love the sinner, hate the sin. Well, that's pretty much it. Yeah. You know, this, this is the topic of our culture. And, and there's, there's two things that we need to understand as the church. There is a difference between people who struggle with same sex attraction 
Um, and then there is the homosexual community, which are the activists. Those are the ones that are passing the laws. And we can't mix those two up. And I think as the church, we kind of combine everybody. And that's a very, very, we're painting a very broad strokes there because what God says is, look, guys, this purity thing is one man and one woman under the covenant of Almighty God. And anything outside that covenant is called sin. So that's the, the people that struggle with same-sex attraction and haven't acted on that and they're not living that lifestyle, their temptation is no different than mine wanting to sleep with other women other than my spouse. It's, it's a temptation. Um, and then the, the, the same, the homosexual movement, on the other hand, those are the activists, those are the ones passing the laws. Now, once we understand that, then the church can really start to minister to the people who really want the help. Now, as far as the actual churches um, embracing uh, homosexuality and, and things like that, you know, the homosexual movement, they, they really are brilliant in the sense that they went after the educational system, they went after the government, and then they knew, they, they knew that once they could get the buy-in of some of these denominations that were already liberal, right? then they, they, they were going to cause a tremendous amount of confusion. And that's exactly what's happening now. So It's just still prevalent across, this day and age, yeah. Yeah. So when you when you come across a, a a pastor or a church that has embraced this theology, um, you know, it's one of those things to where you go, okay, well, where where does truth about this really come from? And of course, that's God's word. And when you start really looking at God's word on this. God is a God of love and mercy, and when God says don't, he means don't hurt yourself, guys. I mean, this is going to hurt you if you step outside of this boundary. Mm-hmm. And um, Amen. it's one of those things, you know, it's, it's one of those things that that um, we want to reach out and grab, and, uh, boy, we, we know the consequences of that if, if we just look in Genesis 3. So... Um, I think this is a really exciting time for the church. I really do. I think this is an exciting time for the country because it's really going to it's, it's going to show us this sexual liberty issue that we're dealing with is really going to show us who who are the Christians. Yeah. Who's going to fall away? Because I have a I just so you know I I have a five year old and so I grapple with how do I explain that you know, this kid has two moms or this one has two dads or, you know, these are like things that we, you, you didn't deal with that growing up. You know what I mean? Right. And now it's like, oh my gosh, you know, Caitlin, my daughter's name is Caitlin. And of course our lovely hero, Caitlin Jenner is Caitlin. Um, but, uh, I just, I don't even know where to go with it. So I appreciate your guidance on that and your, speaking and dis- distinguishing and deciphering that for me. Yeah, I think, I think it's really important as we teach our children and we take those moments, you know, there's so many teachable moments, even when we're like at the grocery store and we, 
we see the you know the tabloids and, and we've got you know Jenner on on the tabloid and is he a man is he a woman what's going on and you know to to have a, a conversation with our children and go look you know this is this is what's going on and and to build that relationship and it it doesn't have to be this big thesis you know you don't have to to give your five-year-old this big doctoral thesis, but being able to answer the question and just love your, love your children out of this mess. And as they grow up, answer those questions and answer them with truth and grace and grace and truth. And, um, that, that relationship between us as parents and our children is so critical right now because there is, there's so much confusion when it comes to sexual identity stuff. But guys, as Christians, it's not confusing at all. I mean, when we read the Word of God, it is it is so crystal clear. It really is. And it's out of love. Amen. Pastor Dustin, if I could ask you, um, you mentioned uh, the name of that track um, and the band. I was wondering, is yeah. there is there a way that I can get get that track? From the Seven Places track? Yeah, actually, it's on our website. If you go to sevenplaces.org, and um, I believe it's in the about uh, the about, about section. and then our name. That's where I was just looking at. Yeah, that's the page that I'm, I just be, happen to be on right now. <laughs> and the name of the track was Seven Places. No, I don't. I I think the oh, the name of the track is called Awakening. Usually we um, we like to play an outro at the end of the show that you know is kind of meaningful. personal to the meaningful yeah. to the to the guest. So I thought that would be um, yeah. you know worthy of that. So I'm so gonna you try can, to put you my can hands announce on us it. out if you'd like. Dustin, oh, did we lose you? The tracks, you yeah. Absolutely. Um, so this is the track, guys, to where the name of the ministry, Seven Places, comes from. It's from the, the, the Christian rock band called Seven Places. And this track makes me cry every time I hear it. It's called Awakening by Seven Places. Awesome. Great. Fantastic. Well, well that was Session 88. Wow. Amazing. Pastor Dustin, thank you so much for taking time. Uh, you, you've you been such a blessing. Absolutely. Stay in touch, brother. Yeah, I know guys, you, you. you said you drove those production companies into the ground, but I think you've come a long way with your marketing skills, my friend. So I think so. Let's let's uh, team up and join forces and, and help each other, East Coast, West Coast. Yeah, partner up. Stay in touch. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, guys. God bless you. Oh, God, right, bless, God bless Dustin. you. All right. God bless. Bye-bye. Jesus Christ, my now, our Savior, who is the Well, that wraps it up for Session 88. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Trish. God bless. God bless. For the sins of the whole world. The blood of Jesus Christ flowed from seven places. The first place he bled from. The blood that poured from his head that day. The blood from the thorns in his skull cleanse you from thoughts. The blood that, that was 
on his face. Hey, he has covered the things that you may not want to face up to because of what you've seen or heard. Know this, the blood flowed for you. Yeah, but John, you, you just don't know. I, I, I've backed away from the Lord. I've turned my back on him. Well, they took a flagellum and they beat his back and blood flowed from his back. It was reduced to hamburger meat that day. His back was beaten so brutally. And if you've turned your back on him and walked away from him, know this, the blood, the blood that poured from his back cleanses you, sprinkles you. Yeah, but John, you, you just don't know what I've done with these hands. Those hands were pierced. Those hands were pinned to the tree. Spikes driven through those hands where he bled to cleanse you and cleanse me from the stuff that we've handled that we ought not to have handled. The stuff that we've done that we ought not to have done. Hey, understand, the blood flowed from his hand. Yeah, but it's stuff that's inside of me, John. It's just things that I feel in my gut. I have bitterness towards them, and I'm angry with her. Jesus, Jesus wants you to know that blood flowed from his side when they thrust that spear into him when he hung on the cross. Feet. I've walked where I ought not to have walked. Blood flowed from his feet too. When the spike pinned him through the feet to the cross of Calvary. And now I realize things that I can't face up to. Thoughts that I've had that are not right, not good, not true. Bitterness inside of me. Stuff I've touched that I ought not to touch. Places I've gone where I ought not to have walked. And I look and I realize the sevenfold flowing of the blood of Christ cleanses me in every area from all sin. And I'm free and I'm forgiven by the blood what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Seven times perfection. Seven places. That's what he went through for me and for you.